0: Hi everyone and welcome to Cricket Unfiltered, the News Corp cricket podcast. This is our Ashes first test day three report and we have a gripping, thrilling test underway at the Gabba in Brisbane. Joining me to go through what's been a fascinating day of test cricket, I have on the line Ben Horn, who is the chief cricket writer for the Daily Telegraph in Sydney who's seen all the action today. Ben, what an innings from Steve Smith.
1: Hey, men. Yeah, it was one of the best you'll see, uh, certainly in Ashes cricket. Uh, you think about all the pressure that's on Steve Smith as captain to win on home soil. I mean, it, it's really, there is no other option for an Australian captain playing a home series. So to come to the crease, and he basically found himself with the size seven, uh, four for 76, and uh, you know built some critical partnerships there with Sean Marsh and then Pat Cummins today, which was was so important. Uh, It was the slowest hundred by an Australian cricketer since 2010. His slowest hundred by far. And uh, it only added to it. It wasn't a drawback. It was the the way that he was able to respond and uh, to the fields that were being set for him by the England captain and, and the way he was able to outlast their mind games was incredible.
0: Now, let me just update the listeners on the score at the end of day three. England were all out for 302 in their first innings. In response, Australia made 328. And then at Stumps, England were 2 for 33, so they have a lead of 7 runs with 8 wickets in hand. Now you talked about Steve uh, Steve Smith's 100 today, he ended up 141 not out. When he made his century, he he bashed his chest and he he looked towards the dressing room with such fire and passion in the eyes. Have you ever seen uh, Steve Smith so emotional and so charged up?
1: Uh, a couple of times. I mean, he started to get a lot more that way, I think, this year. There's been a few other moments where, you know, he's, uh, he really does wear his heart on his sleeve. But that was a real leadership moment, wasn't it? He was basically saying, you know, come with me. And uh, the immediate response was strong. Um, firstly, he had Cummins batting brilliantly out there. Then Josh Hazelwood, who probably didn't have a great first innings by his standards, came out and and bowled superbly to start. Look, they greedily would have loved another wicket or two, but to have them effectively two for seven at stumps, uh, Australia's in a good position. It's it's nothing to to rest on, though, because this is a very, very tough pitch to get breakthroughs on. Both teams think it's possibly improving for batting, so... Australia's going to have to be right on point uh, tomorrow morning. But at this stage, you'd say they they have a slight advantage.
0: Yes, Steve Smith said that century today meant everything to him. So he obviously wants to inspire his team. But I thought what was really great about today's cricket was the fact that it swung so much England came out of the blocks really hard in the first session this morning they dismissed Sean Marsh, Tim Payne and Mitchell Stark and at that stage it looked like England might get a pretty handy lead in the first innings and really take control of the game but then Steve Smith stopped the momentum with his sort of Uh, rigid defence and he got great support from Pat Cummins with 42 off 120 balls so just a really good change of momentum by Smith and Cummins there.
1: Yeah I mean Stuart Broad said afterwards in his press conference that he's walked away from each of the three days not knowing who's on top and I think that's 100% right. I mean today you might say Australia leave with the advantage given uh, England's two down but I I can't remember a tighter test match than this through you know, the course of three days in this final. It's really swung. Uh, It's been gripping cricket, even though it hasn't been going at the rapid pace that we're used to in in Australia. But yeah, as you said, Manners. I mean, if Pat Cummins doesn't hang around, this is a whole different ball game because Australia could have found themselves, you know, staring down the barrel of a deficit of, you know, uh, 90, 80, 70 runs, uh, which would have been very hard to claw back. So absolutely massive moment in in this match and the series. And I'm not sure we'll see a more important 100 in this, Campaign than what Steve Smith came up with.
0: Definitely not. And what did you think about Sean Marsh and Tim Payne in their return to the Aussie side?
1: I thought Sean Marsh was very good. You know, that's a very tough situation that he found himself uh, on day two uh, when the four wickets had fallen. Still a lot of the day to play out. So I thought he showed a lot of grit and determination to stay out there. Uh, Look, 51 runs. It's probably not enough to cement his place for the rest of the summer, but it, it certainly, I think, justified why he was picked. And in some ways, it puts heat on a couple of the other players there in the top six, uh, probably namely uh, Pete hansken So Australia's going to have this lingering issue about the balance of the team with no all-rounder. Uh, so the, the top six really un- are under pressure to bat well because if the selectors feel like they need to add an all-rounder, then someone's going to have to make way at that point. Look, it was a strong start by Sean Marsh, but a shame that he couldn't go on and get the big 100.
0: As for Tim Payne, how did you think he went?
1: Oh, look, I mean, he, he hung around, I suppose, for odd balls. Nothing to really write hang about. I'm not sure it was anything that Pete Neville wouldn't have been able to muster. But, you know, you can't really judge a cricketer on one innings. Overall, he's had a pretty good game. You know, the, the real... Um, you know, glaring error I suppose was the one off Nathan Lyons bowling where he dropped a catch but that too wasn't a, a dolly of a chance so you know he, he's gone about his work well he seems to I haven't noticed him most of the time so he seems like a guy that brings good energy to the team but I think it's way too early to, to judge his contribution.
0: So then after Australia's first innings we had that stirring session coming up to stumps where the English batsman had to try and battle it out against Australia's Farts bowlers. Were Stark and Cummins and Hazelwood better in the second innings than in the first innings?
1: Oh, well, certainly Josh Hazelwood was. I think he was off his off his game in the first innings. It was a bit bizarre. You don't often see that. He's ultra-consistent normally. Uh, we saw a bit of evidence of that, actually, in the last Ashes series he played uh, back in 2015 where he actually got dropped for the last test. So uh, he certainly improved. He, he had a very good final session there. I thought Stark was sharp as well. We'll see how they back up tomorrow. It'll be interesting now. England are quietly confident that they're slowly pushing Australia, Australia's bowlers into the red zone. You know, Stark and Cummins are both up to thirty-three overs for the match. Hazel would have been a bit less than that, but they think that if they can push these guys out. To you know, towards fifty overs for the match, then um, the pinch will really be felt. So, and they both agree that it's a, it's a new ball wicket. So, Stark and Cummins are going to have to be very, very good in the morning.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, some broader issues. Now, I just want to ask you about the pitch. There's a lot of talk that it's slowing up a lot, and we're not really getting the true Gabba pitch. Is that how you're reading it?
1: Yeah, it's been a bit bizarre. Um, yeah, it certainly hasn't played like any Gabba pitch I've seen before. But, you know, apparently there was a bit of rain around the week before the test and also certainly didn't have that extreme heat that you used to in Brisbane. So perhaps the conditions played a bit of a role there. Look, it hasn't been what Australia would have wanted, but you can't argue with the quality of this test match. So, you know, people are always quick to judge the pitch, but, you know, this is shaping up as a brilliant test match.
0: And what about Jimmy Anderson? Rumours floating around that he might have a, a slight niggle. Have you heard anything in the... The bowels of the Gabba.
1: Uh, look, the England are adamant. There's nothing wrong with him. He ended up bowling about 30 overs, so uh, it all. It seems like it may have been a bit of a thirsty I mean, you'd have to think there was something that was making him a bit uncomfortable to be out of the attack for that long, Steve Smith. Uh, but perhaps it was simple as as simple as you know uh, feeling a bit ill or, or something like that, or, or struggling with the heat. But. Certainly, England are saying there's no injury. All
0: right, now let's look ahead to the rest of the game. My assessment is that England are in the box seat here. If they can set Australia a total of around 200, that's going to be a really tough chase for our batting lineup in the pressure of an Ashes Test. What do you think?
1: I guess it, we, you, you can really, uh, yeah, underestimate how hard it is to bat batting last. So certainly. Um, England aren't in a bad position, but uh, those couple of wickets that fell tonight certainly give Australia a bit of a shot here. So, look, I think it's a pretty 50-50 scenario, but if Australia can uh, can get a couple before lunch tomorrow, I think they'll, uh, they'll take the ascendancy. So... It's, uh, it's a hard one to pick. I'd have, have Australia slightly in the better position.
0: But would you say that when the total in the fourth innings to chase gets around about that 200 plus mark, it starts to get into real dangerous territory for the Aussie batting lineup?
1: It does, but uh, I don't know whether there's that many demons in this pitch. I mean, Stuart thinks that it's actually getting better for batting, and the, and the fourth and fifth days will be the two best days to bat. So certainly there's that, that pressure of chasing. Uh, to win a match, but perhaps this wicket's not going to break up like you might find on a fifth-day Indian wicket.
0: And I guess there's no incentive for England to really try and declare or make a game of it because, you know, if they get away with the draw, it's a, a good result for them. So it really is in the balance.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, we're up for a thrilling finish here. It's, it's been a, a great test and it deserves a classic finish.
0: Now, Ben, I've got some really good news for you because when we do this report tomorrow, I'll be at the Gabba with you. So I'm heading up tomorrow morning for the day's play. So I look forward to catching up with you up there at the cricket. Yeah, thanks,
1: man. It would be great. Um, look forward to doing it in person then.
0: And now, just quickly, have you got any big stories coming out tomorrow that the listeners should look out for in the News Corp network? Any features?
1: Oh, look, we, you know, we've we've done a fair bit, obviously, on Steve Smith. Ian, Robert Cradick's done a, a great piece on on his technique and uh, how he's uh, how he's got to the point he's at now. And you know, we've got some great columns from uh, Ian Chappell and jeff thompson and, and a few ex-greats like that so there's a good package i think in the paper tomorrow but you know it's hard to go past this match and what's happening here so we've got it all covered tomorrow
0: all right ben thanks for your time catch up with you tomorrow listeners thanks so much for downloading the cricket unfiltered podcast remember to keep up with the GABA test go to dailytelegraph.com.au couriermail.com.au thanks again for listening and we'll be back tomorrow